Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table. Welcome to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum collaborator. Our Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, is out this week, so Anders and I are taking the top half of this podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Hello to all. I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew. And between me and Colleen, we vary a little bit in terms of our rank, but one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. It's true. I mean, we're basically Obi-Wan and Hondo at this point. <laughs> Oh, my best friend. At least I think we were friends. Yeah, I think I think we were friends at least. Obi-Wan, baseball. Oh my God. So, and Anders and I are both vaccinated and feeling yes. great, y'all. <laughs> Which is why I'm drinking. Welcome to the podcast. All right. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we are taking a detailed jerky dive into Star Wars Rebels. And today we're diving into season two, episodes seven, eight, and nine, Wings of the Master, Blood Sisters, and Stealth Strike. That's right. We have done our best to scramble our signals so that we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes of Rebels. No guarantees on any other Star Wars content, though. And I will throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. (laughs) As always, Flo's (laughs) coming in later, guys. So (laughs) you never know what's going to happen. So true. So true. Without further ado, let's hop in the ghost and head to the temple on Lothal to open that first holocron of knowledge. Colleen, let's punch it. Let's take it away. All right, everybody, we're heading into our first holocron, the Journal of the Wills, which we go over the plot and the episode synopses for this week. Since there's only two of us at the moment, we'll be joined by Floyd later. I tried to keep these as brief as possible. So for today's first episode, the Rebellion is in need of a new ship with better firepower. And fast, you know, it's got to be fast. It's got to get past this blockade. While trying to get past the Imperial blockade to deliver much needed supplies, our rebels are soundly defeated. But Rex, he's got a suggestion, y'all. He's playing Ahsoka this episode. He knows a mysterious engineer named Corey who might just have the ship that they need. But Corey is located in an almost unreachable base on the planet Chanticle. Kanan suggests that Hera take on the mission, which she isn't pleased about like why did you put my name into this conversation Kanan but she does agree we have she is the best pilot they have so Hera ultimately agrees she takes Zeb and Sabine to find Quarry and the ship leaving Kanan Ezra and Chopper to try and help the starving citizens of Ibar finding out that the rumors about Chantipole were not exaggerated Hera flies slash falls through this extremely violent atmosphere seeing many down ships mm-hmm. it's almost like a Bermuda Triangle type situation going on yes. here mm-hmm. they crash land on Quarry's base kind of like on a cliff edge that total like busts on the edge of a cliff thing going on very um rescuers down under if you've ever seen that yes when wilbur the albatross <laughs> tries to land on the kangaroo rats platform thing <laughs> hi duncan Love you know i'm always you know i'm always down for an old school disney reference of course obviously <laughs> all right so they crash land and they discover a very cantankerous mon calamari in quarry 
who doesn't really care that his home destroys ships as they come try to find him. It's, in fact, it's why he's there. It makes it very easy to hide from the Empire. And if something can fly in this atmosphere, it can fly anywhere. Definitely. He does eventually agree to show them his B-wing prototype, which he calls a blade wing, also known as a blockade buster. Mm-hmm. And Hera goes to try and give it a test flight. Not so fast, Hera. Mm-mm. Corey doesn't want just anyone flying his baby. Hera tells him the story of how she always dreamed of flying when she was hiding with her mother during the Clone Wars on Ryloth. She chose to leave her family and her planet to serve the rebellion in search of freedom for everyone, not just herself and her planet. She just needs to be in the sky. So, Quarry, ding, ding, success. Corey will let her fly the blade wing, which promptly plummets when she <laughs> tries to take off. Prototypes are always going to have some problems, guys. Oh, it just happens. Corey's like, I don't fly. I mean, it's better to be a here and not <laughs> falling. <laughs> As poor Sabine and Sever like, what? It's fine, though. It's fine. Hera isn't the best pilot in the galaxy for nothing. She expertly corrects the craft and utilizes its maneuverability and that multi-cannon, which is insanely powerful. Yes. But then Kanan calls, telling them that time is up for the people of Ivar. And it seems like all is lost for the rebels. Mm. Hera returns to, with Cory and the Bladewing and unleashes that multi-cannon on one of the Imperial cruisers, completely destroying it. This little B-Wing fighter <laughs> takes out a Star Destroyer, effectively. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's got some punch. The rebels are able to breach the blockade, deliver the supplies, and escape. Commander Sato congratulates Sarah on a successful mission and promotes her to Phoenix leader. All salute Captain Hera. Heck yes. Like, she was the captain of the ghost, obviously, but now she's a military-ranked captain. Yes. Get it, girl. In our next episode, we get to meet an old acquaintance of Sabine's. That's right, we finally get a Sabine-centric episode. Hera sends Sabine, Ezra, and Chop to pick up a secret courier for the rebellion. Ezra tries to get Sabine to open up on her loner tendencies, (laughs) but she ignores him because it's Ezra and she just does. Instead, she's focused on the spray-painted marking in the shuttle bay, which looks really cool. It's like, oh, Sabine, another artist that you used to know, maybe? Maybe. It puts her on edge, seeing this marking. They discover that the courier is a gonk droid, which <laughs> is adorable, and attempt to take him to their ship. But the person who made the cool graffiti marking, mm, of course she shows up. Another than Sabine's old partner, bounty hunter Ketsu Anyo. So Ketsu and Sabine escaped the Imperial Academy together and became bounty hunters because that's just apparently what like everyone does in the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Mandalorian on the run, you might as well be a bounty hunter. Yeah, it just kind of fits. Um, however, at some point, Ketsu left Sabine for dead on a mission and hasn't seen her since. Ketsu admits that she now works for the Black Sun Crime Syndicate, like they always dreamed, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. is after the droid courier. She warns Sabine that there's a bounty on her, and as Ezra tries to defuse the situation, stormtroopers show up. Sabine escapes with the two droids, leaving Ezra straight up behind to deal with yep. the Empire. He's fine. Because <laughs> he fell overboard. And Ketsu pursues them in her ship, the Shadowcaster. I love that ship too. And the name of the ship. I love like, yes, Ketsu's great. She has a great aesthetic, y'all. As they engage in a space battle of wits and firepower, Ketsu and Sabine argue about right and wrong. Ketsu tells Sabine that rebelling against the empire is futile and that she shouldn't trust people, which fair because you left her for dead, Ketsu. So that is very fair. But Sabine has found people who are willing to fight for her, a new family. She offers Ketsu the chance to join her. Like she's throwing some Ezra moves out there. Come join us, everybody. Enter more nosy Imperials. They order the two ships to stand down. And Sabine and Ketsu come up with a plan to escape the Imperials. Because, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. We're just going to fight back against the Empire. They plan to destroy the shuttle, which, wah, wah, poor droid pilot and escape on the shadow caster upon arriving at the rendezvous with that gonk courier they meet up with r2d2 it's just and then it's back to Garel. Mm-hmm. 
Sabine tells Ketsu that the Rebellion would welcome her anytime, but Ketsu isn't quite ready to do that, to go up against the Empire and leave the Black Sun. But she does shake Sabine's hand before she leaves, so leaving it open, yeah. and some mutual respect for that shared history. Ezra there, just peak Ezra. Can I have a moment? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. Literally doesn't move. Oh, you oh. too. <laughs> That's my Mesra. You shot at me before. <laughs> He's such a gem. I love him. All right. And then for our last episode today, Kanan makes fun of Rex's tight stormtrooper armor. It was a great moment. Everybody's making fun of poor Rex. He's like the commissary. That's not where I would send him. <laughs> poor Rex, guys. He's still in really good shape, but he's an old guy. Like it, it takes a lot for him to keep that shape going. While traveling to discover what happened to a missing patrol, Commander Sato and Ezra are pulled from hyperspace by a new Imperial ship and are captured. Luckily, Sabine learned about this new tech from her time in the Academy that could create a gravity well, which would pull ships out of hyperspace without using any tractor beam technology. Kanan is ready to go to the rescue and Hera tells him to take Rex, only Rex. You can do this one. <laughs> God, where's my buddy cop movie with these two? Seriously. Oh, we need it. We need it now. <laughs> so Imperial Admiral Brontitis is not fooled by Sato's cover story that he gave and calls Agent Callus, telling him of their capture. Back on Garel, Kanan and Rex disguise themselves as stormtroopers. Not quite fitting into that armor, just as well as they might have used to, but you know, it, it works. And they use a capture shuttle to infiltrate the new ship. Mm-hmm. Though they are told to leave at first, Rex gets them through with some correct Imperial codes and protocols. Kate they go hates after it. <laughs> yeah, they hate, he hates that it worked. <laughs> they go after Ezra first, since he's being transferred to a secure cell. However, they didn't really need to. <laughs> Ezra easily escapes his stormtrooper escort and accidentally stuns Kaden and Rex, <laughs> who are still disguised as stormtroopers. Totally being like, oh my gosh, you guys, I found you. You're all passed out. Chopper replays the attack. Like, way to use your camera technology in the opposite way that R2 would do. Oh, yeah. And totally just outs Ezra. Also love their reactions. Like, Kanan's like, you shot us? And Rex just starts laughing. (laughs) Rex is like, I would have shot us too. That's fine. (laughs) So they know exactly what happened. Poor Ezra. Ezra and Chop go to the reactor to try and disable and destroy the ship. Kanan and Rex find the other captured rebels, whoo, telling Sato that Ezra's already safe, like he's fine, he got away. Rex tells Kanan to take the other rebels while he holds off the stormtroopers. Rex is eventually captured and taken to Titus, who tortures him, of course, after Rex won't give up the rebels. He's like, aren't you a good clone? Can't you be part of the, no, F you, Titus, no. But then it is Kanan to the rescue. unable and unwilling to leave the clone behind. Indeed, using his own words, he can't leave his friend behind. (laughs) Kanan attacks and Titus flees. Kanan and Rex take off in an escape pod and rendezvous with Sato and Ezra, but they are caught in the gravity well. The Imperials are too though, and they are way too late to notice that Chop had messed with the system and the gravity well starts pulling in everything it can, Mm -hmm. including their own cruisers the two cruisers crash into the prototype ship demolishing it and themselves in the process callus asks titus who he finds adrift in the escape prod if ezra bridger was too much for him to handle as he had warned him (laughs) we end with canon and rex finally seeing eye to eye canon salutes rex who salutes back clearly happy Oh, it's such a good episode, you guys. Oh, they're so good together. I love Rex. Anything to do with Rex, I'm just totally on board. I love it. All right. Well, with that, let's move into the second Alacron, The Will of the Forest. This is where we will be discussing the themes of today's episodes. Mm -hmm. And I want to start us off with the theme in episode seven. And it's really, I think, encompassed by this line from Hera. If we want freedom, we must make difficult choices. Hera is always making the tough choices. She decided to leave home because she wanted to fly and she wanted to help the rest of the galaxy earn its freedom. 
Um, and here she also has to make this hard choice. She's not ready to leave the fleet to go get this B-Wing. Like, she's like, no, I can do much better here. And it's Kanan that has to tell her the hard truth. No, you're the only hope we have of actually getting this new ship. And you're probably going to be the only one who can fly it. Right. And <laughs> so. Kanan's thinking ahead here. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a nice little bit of character growth from Kanan being the one to tell Hera the hard truth. Mm-hmm. And Kate and Hera listens. I mean, they have the relationship where they can talk like this mm-hmm. and, and then come to the right conclusion. Later, Kanan also has to make the really hard choice. He knows that they're probably not going to make it through this blockade without whatever this mysterious ship is, but Hera's not back in time no. at that point. And he has to decide that they are going to make the blockade run. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's the right thing to do, because the people need these supplies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. All right. So next for episode eight, we have second chances. Sabine is obviously trying to leave some part of her life behind. And she's trying to get Ketsu to see that there is more to the galaxy than what they used to do together. Which is true. I mean, even though Sabine's only 17, she's obviously had to have a couple second chances, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Ketsu denies this at first. She's like, Nah, I'm fine. I'll just stay with Black Sun. <laughs> this is fine. I I like this theme for Sabine just because we needed more character development from her, honestly. Mm-hmm. Rewatching the series, I've been like, okay, yes. Knowing what happens later and that there's so much for Sabine to do. Seeing the first season, being like, Sabine doesn't actually do a whole lot in the first no. season. She's got a and couple then, of quips about blowing stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then here we finally get some juicy nuggets about oh you were like a tween when you escaped the imperial academy and became a bounty hunter i love it Council just love i mean it's it's pretty condensed here because you do have ezra calling out her kind of loner tendencies you know you not really communicating you alone you usually tell me that you want to be alone yeah but then to see her reach out that hand to ketsu mm-hmm. to try and bring someone else into the fold is a really great moment Yes. That a couple of things here for episode nine. We have the idea of teaming up with someone you don't like. <laughs> now, as someone who has worked with a lot of high schoolers um, as a teacher and as just a volunteer, I'm sorry. <laughs> the uh, I can tell you, anytime you do any kind of group learning projects, you always get those groups who are like, I don't want to work with them. I don't want to work with them. And I always look back at them and say, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Guess what? Reality. You have to get this done. You don't get a choice who you work with. <laughs> Make it work. Yep. Yeah, you never do. Sorry, kids. You don't get yes. to go to your job and say you don't want to work with this person. That's not how things work. <laughs> nope. Hopefully your uh, hiring managers like take personality into account, but that's not a guarantee. No. <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> and then we also get this theme about underestimating the young. This is Sato. They are captured. Ezra's like, hey, dude, it's fine. This happens all the time. Like, we're going to get out of this. <laughs> and Sato's just like, that's not very reassuring that this happens to you all the time. <laughs> but then, of course, Ezra easily escapes. Yes. Um, Admiral Titus also doesn't listen to Callus. He's like, this is a teenage boy. Like, we're going to be fine with a couple stormtroopers. Yeah. And then later, obviously, Kaden and Rex, as they rescue Sato, he's like, we have to go save Ezra. And they're like, oh no, he's good. He's he's already freed himself. (laughs) He's out. We left him with Chop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Chop, the best and worst babysitter of all time. Yes. Oh man. Oh, I love it. Okay, so moving into our series theme for this week, we have giving up a normal life to help others. Mm-hmm. which is basically what our specters do every day. And everyone in the rebellion really made a difficult choice when they joined. They knew they wouldn't be able to be with their families. They wouldn't be able to be with their friends. They were going to have to be in hiding or hiding in the open, like the senators. Bail Organa and Mon Mothma are trying to live a double life, basically, and be Imperials, but also the builders of the rebellion. It's insane. It's incredibly brave but it's very scary. And it just makes us think about people in our world who do this kind of thing. Like what kind of person does it take 
to be like, oh, I'm fine leaving my country or my city or my family and fighting for something that would make life better for everyone. It's just crazy. It's, yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's move into the third holocron, the galaxy's populace. This is mm-hmm. where we will be discussing the characters and relationships highlighted in these episodes. And we alluded to it earlier. These three episodes really kind of function as character studies mm-hmm. for some of our main ghost crew. So Colleen, yes. you want to start it? Of course. So we have Hera, our queen. Can we talk about Hera in battle? Mm. <laughs> Calling out the tie locations to the two Jedi on board. Like Hera's her battle control. awareness is so great. Like she is such a good combat pilot in a freighter. Like, yes, the ghost is very maneuverable, but it's a freighter. It's not a fighter craft. So she's doing a really good job just being in battle, knowing what's going on. It's also an interesting switch. We have, we talked about this a little bit before with Kanan telling Hera the hard truth about who needs to go get the B-Wing. And Hera agrees. She's like, yeah, I know. Like, I didn't want to hear it, but fine, I'll go do this. We learn that she remembers from the Clone Wars and what drove her not only to be a pilot, but also to use her skills to help people in the galaxy, which is really sweet. Like, I can only imagine poor baby Hera on Ryloth <laughs> because, y'all, they got fucking wrecked. They really the Clone did. Wars. And just the poor little bean Hera just huddling with her mom trying to hide and Mm, I can see why she would look up at the ships and want to leave but then also the ships she was looking up at and wanting to like be a part of are now the imperial ships (laughs) so it had to be just a wild turn of events for poor Hera being like I want to fly one of those cruisers one day too oh we got to destroy them we got to blow those up now okay yeah I gotta blow those up good thing I good thing I spent my childhood studying them (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Then we also, we get a lot more character development from Sabine. Also, I want to call it, I don't think we've called it out yet at this point yet in the season. Can we talk about the blue hair? (laughs) Her hair color changed from season one to season two. It looks awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool shade of blue and it just helps her stand out even more. I love that she's just completely willing to be herself and express herself however the hell she wants. Mm -hmm. And in addition to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, Hera also gives Sabine the chance to be the team leader on this mission. She very distinctly like shoves Ezra aside. It's like, no, Sabine is in charge. Yeah. You can go with. (laughs) Yeah. Which of course she does, you know, leave Ezra behind, but she's got faith in him. She's like, nah, my bro's got this. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be fine. Chop's like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Just gonna leave Ezra down there? All right, I guess that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And then we also, we meet Corey in this episode. Now this is his first and I believe only canon appearance in Star Wars. But if you are interested in Rebels, definitely. But he does also show up in the Lego continuity, one of my favorites, the Freemaker Adventures. In season two, he is the master ship builder for the Rebel Alliance and helps Rowan Freemaker design the Kyber powered Arrowhead fighter, which is one of the coolest looking ships. Yeah. It's amazing. But through all of his appearances, one of his signature traits is that even though he is a ship architect and designer and builder, he doesn't actually know how to fly him beyond in theory. He builds them, he doesn't fly him. Yeah. <laughs> he's just this fun little cantankerous old man calamari. And he's just, <laughs> Corey's the best. Oh my God. He has to have like a freaking <laughs> like water tank in his room because otherwise he would die <laughs> like calamari yeah. have to have water or they basically die i also just oh. love him i love all of his like quips about eh, it's a prototype like yeah i haven't worked that part out yet <laughs> i'm sure it'll be fine yeah. Hera seems like she's got a handle on things like can you i've can only you known imagine, her for less than a day can you imagine like test driving a car and like the brakes don't work yet and the the designers in the back's like oh yeah i haven't actually hooked those up yet i mean it's the first draft brakes <laughs> what do you need brakes for <laughs> Oh, poor Hera. We love you, Corey, but also tough look for you. Next, we have Ketsu Anyo. She's voiced by sci-fi queen Gina Torres from Firefly and Alias and Suits, but that's not sci-fi, so we're going to stick with Firefly and Alias. Ketsu is what Sabine would be like if she hadn't 
been taken in by the ghost crew. Her character design was originally from The Force Awakens and is really cool. She kind of looks like Ming-Na Wen's character, Fennec Shand, a little bit. A little bit. Like that kind of bounty hunter mask deal, bodysuit, looking great, gives zero shits. I'm here for it. Love it. Evoking a little Mandalorian kind of a mm-hmm. vibe, but not quite. She's not a Mandalorian, right? No, I don't think so. No. I'd have to relook, but yeah. But she did take a shine to Sabine. I mean, there's a reason they were friends at the Academy and right. then teamed up afterward, even though it probably was not the best idea. She's like this big sister friend that you have that's a little bit dangerous, but you love hanging out with them because they're fun. But mm-hmm. they are the person who will leave you at the party when you're drunk because they just want to leave. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, no, I want to stay. Let's stay. And they're like, no. And they just leave you and you don't realize it because you're wasted. <laughs> here's hoping that she changes things up later (laughs) and then lastly we get some kind of the culmination of this kane and rex character arc that's been going on for the last several episodes they finally learned how to work together and respect one another in this episode yes uh story groups pablo hidalgo said that it was very important for kanan and rex to understand and appreciate each other's strengths in order to move forward with their working relationship and they Mm -hmm. absolutely do that here and they yes begrudgingly kind of consider each other friends maybe Kanan's more grudging than Rex is yes I mean it's going to take a while for them to have the kind of rapport that Rex had with Anakin Mm -hmm. by the end of the Clone Wars like their maneuvers together were in sync and incredible they know how to fight with each other I think Kanan and Rex will get there though I think yeah they'll definitely get there I just love that I love that kind of moment it was right at the end where Rex is like giving him the smile and Kanan's like don't ruin this yeah, don't run this. Like, all oh, friends, best friends. <laughs> Kanan has such good singers. This, these episodes. So oh, good. yeah. Kanan is just like, he's like, I'm here, I'm with the rebellion, but I'm also done with every one of you. <laughs> Even Ezra, he's like, mm, kid, you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Now we're going to move into our fourth holocron, which is Binding the Galaxy Together, in which we go over our homages and Easter eggs from the episodes. First off, we have the B-Wing, aka the Blade Wing, first appeared on screen in Return of the Jedi. This thing isn't super useful in a dogfight, even though the shape is unique and it kind of lets it move around really well. It's designed to be a blockade buster. Like you send this thing in when you need to make a hole to get mm-hmm. through. Its cockpit is gyroscopic, which means that the pilot basically stays in one place while the ship moves around them, which would be mm, quite an experience, I think, if you were the pilot. The ship is slower than the average fighter, but it has more powerful than the average Corvette. So it is packing a wallop with that multi-cannon. Mm-hmm. Its signature blaster also looks suspiciously like a st- <laughs> Oh my god, you're so right. It looks like a Death, a Death Star blast. Woof. This is fine. Everything's fine. Corey, what are you doing? Did you learn something from Galen Urso? Like, what is happening here? But it's very effective. Like, it does work. And then next we have the code phrase for the gonk droid. <laughs> it's a long way to Alderaan. Sheds so many tears. Who set up this passcode? It was Bail Organa, obviously, because... Yeah. Anytime someone mentions Alderaan, I'm just like, oh, tear. Yeah, it's like, oh, (laughs) pour one out for all of the homies who were on Alderaan. Ugh, yikes. Next up, that courier is a, what is affectionately known as a gonk droid. Uh, His number is EG-86, and he is a GNK power droid, aka gonk droid. These guys have showed up as far back as A New Hope. Um, I believe we see one getting tortured in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. A, branded. a really interesting thing where apparently droids have pain receptors these guys yeah. are basically mm. walking batteries um that's all they're really meant to meant to be they i actually like kind of want can. one <laughs> i actually really want one now because in this whole era of like working remotely the weather's starting to get nice i want to get like a gonk droid and just take it down to the beach and just like plug my it, computer like... into it and be like yeah this is where i'm working and then it could go get you drinks. It, Absolutely. It you. Like it could walk over to the little <laughs> bar that's yep. set up and be like, gonk, gonk, gonk. <laughs> I need a drink for my friend. Yep, there is a bar at that beach. Um, and 
So also here in the grand tradition of Mandalorians that we have met, Sabine, of course, used to be a bounty hunter, just like Jango, just like Boba, just like Din Djarin. <laughs> if you're a Mandalorian in Star Wars and you're a main character, you've probably been a bounty hunter at some point. Probably. <laughs> Even though like supposedly they don't look kindly upon bounty hunters, I guess we're just going to let that fly. <laughs> yeah. With everybody speaking about bounty hunters, we have the Black Sun Syndicate. So along with the Pikes and the Huts, this criminal group is part of the big three mafia-style groups in the galaxy, especially before and during the Clone Wars era. They kind of slowed down a little bit during the Empire era, where does, but not uh, a ton. Where does Crimson Dawn fit into that? They're an up-and-comer. They okay. are the new bad boys on the scene, the upstarts, <laughs> which fit small very well. Yes. I mean, he obviously makes them all a part of his shadow collective before crimson dawn where he basically is like yo pikes yo huts yo black sun you all work for me now and they do for a while <laughs> when he becomes crimson dawn i think it's a little bit more like they break away more again but for this time period like if black sun is still operating i don't think crimson dawn is quite like right they're yet. still a, okay. they're there like they're ascendant but Maul's still working out some kinks in his operation. Or considering things that will be happening later on, it might just be defunct at this point. <laughs> so Black Sun is run by Falin gangsters, who are like big hulking looking dudes, including Zitan Moj, who is their leader at this point. Their headquarters were, or slash are on Mustafar. I don't know at this point if they are anymore. <laughs> yeah, I would think that that's Vader's territory at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think they would have had to have moved their headquarters. They're still there during Dark Disciple. So during the Clone Wars, they were still on Mustafar. So I'm guessing Vader went and was like, yo, peace out. Get the fuck off my planet. That's and interesting that have... Sidious was willing to let them be there. I know, right? Because he was running a lot of stuff out of Mustafar. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he just was in his own little lava place and mm -hmm. they were like, all right, that seems fine. <laughs> or he gave them money, which also is probably fine. They're like, we like money. You can have our little rent share on this <laughs> Oh man, Mustafar, all the gangsters and the bad guys are there. It's a lava planet, you guys. That's probably why. Lava equals evil. Next, we have our Interdictor class Star Destroyer. These are so cool. <laughs> so, so cool with the gravity wall projector. This, you would think the Empire would have wanted to build a crap ton of these because of what they can do. But Sidious wanted a Death Star. So all of the funding went to the Death Star and did not go into the Interdictor cruisers. In our world, an interdictor craft, this is actually a real concept, is an attack craft that can operate far behind enemy lines for the exact purpose of disrupting enemy combatants and disrupting logistics. So this is basically what the interdictor does in Star Wars too. Grand Admiral Thrawn, love, love these interdictors from Legends, uses these ships to great effect in the Heir to the Empire trilogy. He actually uses them to pull his own ships out of hyperspace so they can make really quick maneuvers interesting yeah Thrawn. i love Thrawn guys <laughs> yeah and i like that they're starting i like that this is where they start to get into some of the more complicated aspects of hyperspace travel right yes mm -hmm. in the original trilogy we really only get the one line from han about how you need precise calculations so you don't fly through a star yes and then and you need pathways in order to get through pathways the to do it and i mean knowing that kind of background information makes several other things make sense like you know why in empire strikes back they decided to take off from the planet and fly straight at the star destroyers <laughs> instead of right. going around the other side of the planet <laughs> because that's where the hyperspace lane was <laughs> yep and that's where you have to get to i mean you can do a couple little jumps but if you really just want to get away you need to get in the right lane you need to get in the right lane mm -hmm. and they're really bringing back a lot of these concepts for high republic yeah, kind of the main plot point of the first right? few stories first in High Republic. Hi, Duncan. Hi, Duncan. Both cat sighting everybody. Hi, baby. I know. Come here. 
The next up we have uh, Sato says that they are members of the Corporate Alliance when they <laughs> get captured. captured. <laughs> and this is one of the factions that joined the Separatists during the Clone Wars, along with all the other big business factions in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Shocking. Um, we want nice to be little, able to do uh, what we want and not have government oversight. Yes. <laughs> so nice little callback to those uh, to those guys. And then, of course, Ezra gives the name Jabba the Hutt. But it is officially not working, not just because it's ridiculous, but because the Empire now has that down as like one of the names that he gives. And I, this is the first time I like imagined this. I started thinking about like crime shows and like spy thrillers. And there's always like the criminal with their list of known aliases. And I just love the idea that in an Imperial computer, it has a picture of Ezra. <laughs> it's like known aliases, Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> or like going through like a box with all of his passports <laughs> where yeah, right, it like says job of the hut through them. <laughs> oh my god i love that idea so much oh man we do get this nice little easter egg meta moment shout out with kanan's how does the empire keep letting us steal these things about the shuttle and rex is like oh i thought it was the same one because <laughs> they do Completely all the time, they always manage to get their hands on these shuttles. Yes, they do. It's like the Empire just can burn through money, I guess, because they don't care. They're just building a Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> like shuttles, yeah, yeah, it's fine. They get captured. It's all right. Also, that mural <laughs> of Rex and Kanan on the inside is fantastic. I like that they have the complimentary blue of Kanan's lightsaber and Rex's blaster. Like, oh, it's because they're going to be friends, you guys. <laughs> I, I love Sabine's style here. It's very caricature. Because yes. Rex is like short and a little squat. <laughs> and Kanan is very angular, which mm -hmm. is fair. I mean, Kanan is really tall. Yes, he is. And Rex is not exactly in the shape he was from the Clone Wars. But still, adorable. Rex loves it. Kanan hates it. <laughs> Next up, this one, almost definitely an unintentional one here, but when the gravity has been turned off in the ship and Chopper's about to turn it back on and Ezra just looks at him and says, don't you dare. It just absolutely reminded me, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Aunt Marge blowing up like a balloon and flying away. And she does that, don't you dare to burn it before he let lets go. go. <laughs> that is fantastic. We love a Harry Potter callback. Always. Oh, Chop. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Chop is absolutely that, loving every second of it. Yes. He did make sure that Ezra was kind of close to a, a <laughs> platform that he could fall on. <laughs> oh, Chop. Mm. Next up, we talked about Hera's kind of memories of mm -hmm. Ryloth. If you mm -hmm. are interested in how Ryloth fared during the Clone Wars, Check out Clone Wars Season 1, Episodes 19 through 21, heavily featuring Hera's father, Cham Sandula. Uh, mm, talk about a tough hang arc. Mace, <laughs> Mace Windu, and Cham Sandula. Mm, 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 mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's a great arc, you guys, but watching it for me is really like can't we just go back to Numa the little girl yeah <laughs> like with her clone brothers like yes this is fantastic watch it for Numa and the clone brothers not for Sham and Mace Windu <laughs> and then lastly we have another appearance by the Imperial torture droid the one that mm -hmm. will eventually torture Leia on the Death Star mm. showed up a couple of times so far and these things are just so menacing they're just balls of pain yeah basically like they're there to destroy every part of you which is so sad we do get the uh the, the disney freaking star tours droid also that gets blown up poor our poor buddy we love yeah. you friend you did your job you did your best you were tricked i mean what are we gonna do <laughs> all right everybody it's time for our fifth holocron the newbie from naboo this is Flo's first time watching Rebels, so we've tasked her with watching the episodes and giving us her questions and her takes. Let's find out what the Ambassador for Naboo thought about today's episodes. Yay, three episodes. Okay, and this week, <laughs> I did not put my notes in the doc, so 
Everything is coming from my notebook. Look at these. I mean, oh, that's ride. nice, right? Look at all your your little like You're such a you are such a teacher. Ah, I know. I love it. <laughs> right there. So uh, yeah, so Anders and Colleen are going to be surprised because they haven't been able to see my takes at all. Okay, I love surprises. So okay, well we'll see how much you like surprises. <laughs> Let's find out, shall we? <laughs> um, okie dokie. Episode seven. Um, started off super duper strong. Like, I don't know that we've seen that many defeats or at least I haven't. And so that was like kind of intense. I like felt super bad for Hera. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't good. And then I was pissed at Kanan who just like volunteered her. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, she can go. After like the person was like, well, you know, that's like a one-way trip. And he's like, yeah, yeah, send Hera. It's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) That was wild. I like that moment though. I love that moment because it's <laughs> okay. it, well, he believes in her, and it's almost mm-hmm. always Hera telling him like the hard truth. No, this is what you have to do, and it yeah. was nice to have her on the receiving end of that for a change. Fair, but also if like the dude that I liked was like, uh huh, yeah, you're fine, just like go die on this planet, I'd be like, <laughs> mm, um, maybe not. Cool. After you pressured uh, him to join a guerrilla war. Well. Uh, whatever i'm just saying do you love me or do you not love me like <laughs> it's a pretty easy her. question <laughs> i will say though kanan had the best line of this entire episode when ezra was like i'm co-pilot he's like you're co-irritating me <laughs> was like, that's amazing using such that a good my dad and a good son so good <laughs> you and your brother chopper are co-irritating me Okay, so that was great. Then we get to query, 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 <laughs> Mustache Fishman is what I'll be referring oh, to him. A, he's as. a real dried up old Mon Calamari. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, he is fabulous. I love him. He's super gruff. All about mm-hmm. him. Really glad they brought him like with them at the end of the episode. That was great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I have like a um, existential question that has been weighing on my mind, but. Is Callus getting hotter? <laughs> this is oh, like the, a problem. The eternal question is Callus getting hotter. I was just like, wait, like the beard isn't bothering me anymore. And like, His I don't voice, know. Like, have you been, really have you been looking at all the memes where uh, people are trying to cast Wyatt Russell as him? No, after but a Falcon great. and Winter Soldier. Although really like, good. I don't think that he's that hot. He's, I think he, he looks a lot like Kurt Russell at certain points. And that's mm. when I'm like, Ooh, there we go. I think sir, it would depend on the character he played. Maybe he'd come across as more good looking. I'm trying to think of like who I would cast as Callus. Like, tough. I don't know. So, somebody hot. Before the whole <laughs> army hammer being a jerk thing blew up. I would have suggested him. Who? Army hammer. Army hammer. Oh, Honestly, like maybe Seb Stan would be good. Let's just let's just do it. <laughs> that could actually be a good one. That could be yeah, a good one. That could work. Just I mean, dye his hair blonde, throw some facial hair on him. We're good to go. I'm just saying. Like, or actually, Chris could Evans could probably do it. Chris yeah. Evans can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He could definitely play Cal. Chris Evans should just play every part ever made. I love and then we'd be good. So anyways, he's getting hotter. And so like I have just like an issue with seeing him on screen now because I'm like, hey, like, yeah, destroy me, Empire Daddy. (laughs) That is completely fair. He is very attractive. (laughs) So anyways, I'm struggling with that right now. That's been a problem. Struggle is very real, but that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) So then moving on from that because it's getting a little hot in here Um, (laughs) good god the ship that Hera ends up getting I don't even remember what it's called what's it called it's the b-wing b-wing okay that's what I thought is insanely sick yeah like I would definitely vomit if I was in it because she keeps like spinning it like a crazy person but like it is sweet looking so that was really awesome I'm not like much of a ship girl but like it was it was really cool Mm-hmm. Yeah, just my note here just says Kanan is a tough hang this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like Kanan just pissed me off. I don't, I was just mad. He was just being a dick. Okay, I do have a question. Where is Ahsoka at this point? Doing Ahsoka stuff. 
She, I mean, she's fulcrum, so she's talking to a lot of other different cells. Okay. So she's just like, she's not, she's not with us. She just, because I feel like last we left her, she was like hugging Rex and then she was gone. Yeah. She's, she's She's doing stuff with the wider rebellion. And yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Um, And then my last note on here just says Hera is Phoenix leader. That's awesome. Super Mm -hmm. excited for her. Good job. Way to get promoted, girl. Which like, okay. Thank you, Kanan, for like talking to whoever to get her promoted. But like, she doesn't need you, first of all. And second of all, like, you just sent her to certain death. Get the fuck out of here. He believes in her really hardcore. He's like, nothing can kill Hera when she's in a plane. What if she had died? Oh, he would have felt awful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, check yourself before you wreck yourself, Kanan. Anyways. All right. Episode A, big Sabine episode. Mm-hmm. Um, was awesome. First of all, she's just like amazing. And she looks great. Yes. Like, yeah. why does she look so good? Like, I pointed at her butt. And I was just like, look, <laughs> look at her. She's like amazing. Look, anyways. She's a mando. They Sabine. all look good. Oh, <laughs> damn. Um, okay. So in this episode, we find out that Sabine was a bounty hunter. Which I guess I didn't know. At least I didn't know. I don't, we didn't know, right? No, we didn't know that okay, up until cool. this point. Just making sure that I didn't miss something. Um, and then her f- friend, ex-friend, sister, ex-sister, now friend, semi-friend, mm-hmm. Ketsu, is Ketsu. part of Black Sun, which I figure is like a crime syndicate, right? Yes. One of the big three. Like Crimson Dawn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. They're Again, not great. give me the Kira content. I need <laughs> the Kira series. Best moment of this episode was seeing the Star Tours droid. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was yes. just like, holy shit. Yes. It's the Star Tours droid. Shout out to my Star Tours heads from Disney. Um, although I know Sarah's not here with us today, but I do want to say justice for the Star Tours droid who yeah. mm-hmm. sacrificed his life. Got erupted, like exploded into yeah. just utter particles. And basically this- tricked yeah. into doing it. Yeah. horrible like that, that was sucked. so bad they shut him yeah. down and then they're just like oh my god time to explode your ship okay <laughs> what yeah that, that was, was a tough look i mean good job saving the gaunt droid but bad luck for star tours yeah story. i mean really really tough i i'm gonna pour one out for the star tours droid <laughs> that guy deserved better for sure mm-hmm. okay i do have a note here for sabine um when she gets out and then she's like, no, no, Ezra's fine. It's like, you could show like a little <laughs> concern. Like you straight up just stranded him and he just was like it. surrounded by stormtroopers. So maybe he's not fine. I don't know. But Sabine just, and Kanan, just like two peas in a pod. This, this yeah, one. <laughs> they're like, he raised her a little bit too, too close to who he is. Um, yeah, not good. Also, I do want to say when, <laughs> when Chopper just got yeeted out of the ship. <laughs> I was like, finally, Chopper gets yeeted. I literally wrote that. Um, okay, next, look, I have more, like, tons, tons of job. notes. I'm telling you, guys, I was on fire. I love it. This was probably my favorite Chopper episode. He was so cute mm-hmm. when he was, like, waving on top of Ketsu's ship. He reminded me of Wally, and it was so cute. <laughs> yes. And then when he gets, like, pulled in and he covers his eyes with his little claws. Oh, my God. He was so cute. <laughs> So it's all about it. I love Chop. <laughs> um, we see R2-D2, which is great in this one. Mm-hmm. And then just a quick note, Sabine says Organa really weird. She says it like Organa. And I'm just like, where are you from? Like, <laughs> it's Mandalore. Like I know, but why, why is she saying it like that? I don't know. It made me feel weird. Um, and that was the end of that one. I liked this episode, but it wasn't my favorite. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, this, this is like the annoying bit. They were like, Sabine, when, when she, at the end, when she was like, oh, like, I hope I see her again. And it's like, yeah, obviously, you're going to see her again. Again, they brought back Pigman. Like, they're going to bring back Ketsu. Like, let's not be ridiculous here. Sabine, come on. Okay, last episode. This was probably my favorite one of this, like, three bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, Super scary start. Like, yes. first of all, I don't like Ezra being away from his parents, his parents, <laughs> Kanan and Hera. Um, so He's that was his, really like, scary. Very stern principle. Yes. <laughs> he was like on the worst field trip ever. And then like the bus got hijacked. So this is very bad. 
Um, not good to know that the Empire can pull ships out of hyperspace. That was not mm-hmm. not the business. But I have to say, like, this Admiral guy is probably the smartest Imperial that I've seen yet. Titus. Like, he seemed more with it. I was like, all right. It seems like you know who Jabba is. And mm-hmm. you know this is Ezra. So that's cool. And, like, you captured them. Like, good on you, buddy. Still and didn't he- listen to Callus though. When Callus is like, put extra guards on him. Yeah, you should really it's listen like, to He's Kallus. a child. This should be fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I would listen to you, Callus. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, I'm going to need stickers made of Sabine's cartoon of Rex and Kanan that she like graffitied on the ship. That was so cute. That was adorable. So Rex was all made- about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just so, so cute. It was adorable. I love that this episode, like, combines Rex's talents and Kanan's Jedi mind trick talents. Um, mm-hmm. That was really great. Great winning combo. Um, remind me of, like, a previous episode where we saw, like, Ezra and Kanan working together, kind of using their own talents. And so it's nice to see, like, the team gelling. Love that. Mm-hmm. Freaking Ezra leveled up in this one. <laughs> like, what was happening when he, like force activated his lightsaber yes from like Mm -hmm. the stormtroopers holster that was insane i was just like get yours ezra oh my god he's not gonna hurt any of you (laughs) which was so sweet right yeah Yeah. like man i just i really like him a lot i love that okay again (laughs) kanan with my favorite line of this episode kanan does have the zingers i'm gonna give him that even though like he can be a dick <laughs> when he's talking about Ezra to Rex, and he goes, he takes after Hera sometimes. <laughs> like, that is so cute. That is the thing ever. Like, such a good adopted dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they're not a couple, whatever. Mm. Yeah. There are so many people who are like, they're not together in the first seasons. I'm like, wait, what? Who what? said that? Oh, a lot they of refer really to themselves people. as mom and dad. Wait, right? Yeah, seriously. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, if you don't think that Hera and Kanan are a couple in the first season, please send us an email at bohemiangeekstudies at gmail.com because we have words for you. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, Wait. that's insane. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Okay, I don't I don't know who you are, but you need to rewatch apparently. I, take some notes. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip this point because I go back to it later. I loved Rex blaming the helmet for why Stormtrooper's aim is off. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> That was so cute. And also yeah, see like, a thing a in good, this helmet. good explanation. Love it. Um, I loved it when Kanan was like pulling the stormtroopers and Rex was just shooting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do not condone shooting people, but it was pretty cool. Um, when Rex got captured. Okay. I've got a thing about like syringes and I get like really freaked out about like syringes being involved in torture. So when I saw that droid holding a syringe, I was freaked out for Rex like that's my nightmare so i was not into that i don't know that we've seen anything like that before it's like one of the torture droids yeah like one of the ito that's one of the ones that uh that will eventually torture leia on the death star gross okay but like what is in the syringe probably Probably some some... sort of truth serum or it's like a something that probably burns your body up from the inside oh yeah the empire's not great i don't like that (laughs) Mm -mm. but luckily then right after that kanan goes i've got to get my friend and that was adorable so that was so cute (laughs) okay but we have to talk about this chopper is a mass murderer yes (laughs) yes very much so I yes, mean, there's is. like, there's no escaping it anymore. Like, first, he murdered a bunch of people by reinstating gravity, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yep, drop, mofo. <laughs> and then he, like, explodes a ship, like, with a lot of people on it. Like, Three ships, lot. right? Because the two yeah. cruisers go into the right. interdictor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, how many people do we think he murdered this episode? A like, lot. Thousands upon thousands of people. Like, are that's dead. insane. I don't, it might not actually be thousands upon thousands. I wouldn't be surprised if, they were if, on if those they were on skeleton crews because they were the because um, they were that secret project. That's true. And I'm the escape saying. pods are still a thing. still, I mean, still hundreds, but maybe not thousands. 
nobody made people. it to an escape pod, Colleen. Septitis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is that the admiral guy? Yeah, he got Yeah, away. the one who you said was smart. Callus okay. yelled at him at the end. I mean, he was very smart. Oh, There's yeah, a reason yeah, he he's go. the admiral of the interdictor, but he underestimated the child, which yes. is fair. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Like who and who doesn't in real mm-hmm. life? And he thought Rex was just some beat up old clone. He's like, no one's going to come for you. Oh, shit, there's a Jedi. (laughs) So I'm like trying to decide if I liked these episodes. I like definitely liked them as I was watching them for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I was really, really entertained. I thought they were really funny and like really exciting. I am trying to decide like, what is this show? So Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe season one was more like cohesive right now like Mm -hmm. it was pretty clear like get Ezra train Ezra like that seemed like the overarching mission um now like obviously the mission is fight the empire and like get some sort of like rebel alliance going it does feel like a little bit discombobulated Mm -hmm. but I really like the individual episodes yes Mm -hmm. this and like they all do serve the bigger purpose yes yes they do and it is, it does feel a little early season Clone Wars with the fact that they don't seem connected. And then later oh. you'll be like, oh, all right. But yeah, this is all character building for pretty much most of the season. Although there are some fantastic arcs coming up that are really great. Okay. Yes. Cool. But they really wanted to get like you to like these characters more and know their backstory. So then when things happen later, you really care about them. Great. So I can just be destroyed. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. We definitely got some like Hera backstory in mm-hmm. episode seven, and then we got some Sabine backstory in episode eight. Mm-hmm. Episode nine was probably just like gelling Rex and Kanan more than anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were really good. I really liked them, enjoyed them, was not on my phone. Obviously, you can tell I took notes. Your notes like, are thought... extensive. I like Thank it. Thank you. The proof is really in the pudding here. Um, so yeah, so really, really liked it. Good stuff. Can't wait for the next ones. And uh, I can't wait for the next ones too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, let's move it into our six holocron conjecture at the cantina. This Mm -hmm. is where we get to kind of ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. So Colleen, you want to take it away? Heck yes. Okay. So first off, we start out with what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? You guys. Harris voice actor Vanessa Marshall knows what it's like to be up in the sky, just like Hera. Her father owns an open cockpit biplane. No, thank you. Absolutely. Oh my not. God. That's insane. And she's like, we used to go like barnstorming and it was great. I'm like, oh my God, that's dangerous, but good. Get it, girl. So she knows what it's like to be up in the sky flying. The creators really wanted to focus on Hera's love of flight for that episode. And it wasn't about just being a fighter pilot, although she's really good at that. It's about her yearning to be free from the Clone Wars conflict and also to help people. Like that's her whole thing. It's like, she's doing this so that she can help people. She loves flying, but this is her talent that she can use to better the galaxy, which I love. I love her so much. Yeah, that was really great. I loved hearing about that. Um, And I just love how everybody in like the crew has this mission to help people, but they all bring like such individual talents to to mm-hmm. that mission it's really that's really cool mm-hmm. that's why i love our specter family they're all so different but they have the one goal of just yeah. like we've given everything away just so that we can help people in the galaxy who can't help themselves I'm like oh, i'm such a sucker for a show like this <laughs> yeah. i was like the core demographic they were going for with this show i love it um another voice actor d bradley baker who we adore and we shall see on tuesday in quite a few roles for the yes. badge he was talking about Rex and Kanan. He said that Rex is so used to rolling with the punches because of Anakin <laughs> that it's really easy for him to work with Kanan. He's like, this is actually probably easier because Anakin was mm, <laughs> surprising and his plans were like very harebrained. So Rex is just used to it. He's like, this is great, which was a nice callback to the Clone Wars show. I miss Rex and Anakin's dynamic so much. And then Rex is just feeling so much nostalgia here. He's like, I'm with the Jedi again, you guys. He doesn't like me, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> like all the looks that he just gave Kanan, the kind of smiles and the knowing looks when Kanan would get annoyed, he was like, <laughs> this is fantastic. I love this it. This was really cute. And then my question 
because these are very young people, y'all. Just how old were Ketsu and Sabine when they became bounty hunters? Yeah. This is like some young Boba Fett style bounty hunting from the Clone Wars where he was, but he was even younger than they are when he became a bounty hunter. But Sabine is 17 now. Yeah. <laughs> so when did she break out of the Academy with Ketsu? How long were they bounty hunters in their teens? <laughs> wow. What do you guys think? I think at this point, so Sabine, she's 17. She's been with the ghost crew probably for like two or three years now. That would be my Definitely guess. one year. That would be season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably a year or two before that. Mm-hmm. Brings us back to like 14. Yep. And if they 14, actually were 14. able to be bounty hunters, probably for like two years or so before that. So we're bringing it back to like age 12, which would mean that she left the Imperial Academy when she was like 12. Um, Wild. Going to come back to that in in a later season. Yes, yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my God, unless they were only bounty hunters for like a couple months together. Like maybe they- Yeah, maybe they sucked at it. Became bounty hunters and then like on one of their, maybe their third mission or something, Ketsu left Sabine- and then she got picked up by the Spectres. Like, it's hard to say. They're so yeah. I think Ketsu's older than Sabine, but not older. by much. Like they're close to the same age. Yeah. I, I want know. more Ketsu. What do you more. think, Flo? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking a similar timeline. I just like obviously I don't have a lot of Sabine backstory. So like I don't know what happened before that. Obviously, I from the eyebrow wags, I feel like I'm gonna get it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I would say like 11 or 12 starting bounty hunting is pretty intense. I don't, mm-hmm. it's like pretty dangerous shit, but I guess like yeah. maybe like you're littler and people like underestimate you. And so you can like get into places where you usually True. can get into. How old's, uh, old's Arya Stark when she becomes a faceless man? Yeah. Like 10 or something, right? <laughs> Isn't she like She's nine in the first book? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so I think she's probably 12-ish. Yeah. Depending I mean, how that long. was some intense stuff. Like, oh, good Arya. job, Arya slash Sabine. <laughs> yeah. But this actually, this kind of leads into my first question. So we've heard Sabine say that she left the Imperial Academy because they didn't like her asking questions. Do we think that that's the same reason that Ketsu left? I think Ketso doesn't like to be told what to do. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was just like, nobody's telling her shit. No. And then Except for, like, for maybe Callus. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new ship. I'm a Ketsu Callus stan. <laughs> the Ketsu's I, sh- what, I like... ship Callus uh, with somebody else, but that'll come at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> And we're gonna have talks. All right. <laughs> I, yeah. I like the idea that Ketsu was just like, fuck this. And yeah. Sabine like actually wanted to leave for a very good, important reason. And Ketsu's like, all right, let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm bored and I don't wanna wake up at 4 a.m. every morning for muster. Let's get out of here. Yeah. That's how I'm picturing it too. Just like, or somebody gave her like one order too many and she's like, no, bye. Uh-huh. All right, my next question, just trying to think about, we have the Clone Wars end. Rex has been for however long on that planet with Wolf and Gregor. Where does he know Corey from? Do we Clone think? Clone Wars would be my guess. Because like this some, is somewhere in the Clone Wars. This is, I believe, Cl- this is Corey's first ever canon appearance. Mm-hmm. So I'm yes. curious, like, was he building ships for the Republic somehow? Or... I think he's just an innovator from Moncala. Like maybe they met during the Moncala princely chart arc in the Clone Wars. That could be. Maybe if he was still on Moncala at that point. I think he was just because he mentions that the Empire won't find him on the ship destroying planet or they wouldn't think that he would go there because he's a shipbuilder. Mm-hmm. It's not a great place for ships. So it's a, and it's dry AF. So what's a Moncala mark to <laughs> But I, right. I think maybe from there. My <laughs> hypothesis is that they are both like part of some like mustache aficionado fan club. 
and they like go to reunions somewhere. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's like a con, like a mustache con, and uh, that's where they met. They were, they were roommates at the mustache con hotel. I love it because right. Pallion would be there too. <laughs> an imperial in there you guys so like everyone appreciates a mustache absolutely <laughs> all right and then my last question you know we've talked about them both what do you think is what sort of punishment is awaiting admiral titus when callus actually gets his hands on him <laughs> like does callus even let him board the shuttle or does he just blow up that escape pod at the end of the episode <laughs> when he comes across all this destruction i mean he needs to get a debrief so maybe not right away <laughs> I mean, I like to think about some light tortures. So. <laughs> <laughs> just some ropes stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Too it's just like light bondage, no syringes. Syringe is a hard limit. <laughs> so I don't think they'd have to syringe Titus. I think he's gonna spill the beans real fast Man, so that he doesn't on. die. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But anyways, yeah. Somebody give us some fan art, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there is a lot of Callus fan art, but do not go look, Flo. Damn yet. it. Call Don't me look again. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. There's a reason. There's a very good reason from my ship. So don't go look yet. You can't tell me to not do something. Now I really want to do it. <laughs> oh, okay, no promises, but I'll pretend like I'm surprised. Will, I'll let you know when it's safe to go. How about you just send me some safe ones? Or how about you like Ooh. blur out what things I can't yes. see? I'll send you some <laughs> some safe ones. Okay. <laughs> and on that amazing note, guys, I think that's where we leave it for today. <laughs> so come back and join us again next week as Ahsoka shows off just how much she's learned since the Clone Wars in Rebels Season 2, Episodes 10, 11, and 12. Until then, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiegeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join in with us. It really does help. Uh, You can also head to ForgottenEntertainment.com to check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where Colleen, myself, and our co-host Daniel, along with some special guests, are examining the films in the Star Wars canon. So until next time, be wings up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Again, if I'm in a B-wing, I'm hurling. So (laughs) that's not a good choice.